Alright guys, the final score has done some big interviews and you guys know that I am a diehard Steelers fan and to say that I'm pretty pumped up for this ne our next guest and he's probably the biggest guest I've had so far is an understatement. This guy is among the NFL's all-time leaders in games played as a DB. In his 17 NFL season, he had 71 interceptions, 1,483 interception return yards, 32 fumble recoveries, 137 fumble return yards, and I mean, it's just endless, endless. One of the best cornerbacks in the history of the NFL. As a matter of fact, in 94, he was named to the NFL 75th anniversary team, and he was only one of five active players to be named to the team. The others were Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Reggie White, and Ronnie Lott. In 1999, he was ranked 87 on the Sport News list of the 100 greatest football players, and it is an honor and a pleasure to have him on the show today. I'm talking about former Steelers, Ravens, 49ers, and Raiders defensive back, Mr. Rod Woodson. Welcome to the show, Mr. Woodson. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. I, to, to say it's an honor, and a matter of fact, you, this was your jersey. I had the old, you know, I'm a Steelers fan since I was five. I'm about 46 now. The old, I had the old Jack Ham and Jack Lambert jerseys when I was a kid, but the one I purchased first with my money was a Rod Woodson white jersey, which I'm wearing right now for this interview. So uh, got to say it's an honor to be able to talk to you is, is an understatement. Thank you so much for for doing the show with us. Oh, my pleasure, man. I definitely appreciate it. I'm honored that, uh, that you remember me. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so you grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Now, were you a football fan growing up? Well, I mean, we were, we were active boys. I had two brothers, uh, three of us. Um, they were very active. Um, uh, when I first started, I didn't start playing football until I was nine. So right. the first thing I did, we swam competitive for, like, probably since we were six years old, seven years old, all the way up until I was 12. Um, and then I started playing football at nine because my older brothers, they took up the sport. Uh, so I just took it up, started playing towel football, uh, played for the Powell Raiders in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, kind of one step led to another. Uh, and, you know, back in the day, we only had three channels, so it wasn't like you are going to watch uh, all the right. sporting, That's uh, right. all the sports that we watch today. So, you know, whatever was on Sunday after we came back from church, uh, we got to watch. Uh, and then we just kind of followed each season. You know, we would follow baseball, hockey, and basketball, and football, and um, you know what, what, what was ever on on TV, uh, sports wise. That's what we watched. Yeah, that was and that was what you were playing outside. That's the same way with us. We had three channels and a uh, a, a a antenna that you had to turn with a pipe wrench if you were lucky. If but when did you know football was what was going to be the big thing for you that was going to take you to the next level? Well, I, I never really thought about it. Uh, I, I just played and. You know, because uh, there was two sports. I, I loved football, and I loved track. Right. And uh, football is a, is a team sport. Uh, you know, all team sports are subjective to coaches, uh, saying how good a person can be, how he fits in the system. And, um, you know, a lot of times some guys can look over because of politics uh, right. in, in those team sports, you know, and, 
the one thing about track is that even though it's a team sport, because, you know, going through high school and college, you know, you still can win championships and whatnot. But there's eight individual lanes, and a coach can't tell you you're not good when you're, you know, when you run a 10-1 something. Right. right. Or, you know, you're running 13 threes in, in the high hurdles, or you're long jumping 25, 26. Uh, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, subjective, uh, criticism about that stuff. You know, it's just like either you are or you're not. Um, and, and that's why I loved it so much. Um, you know, never really thought that a game that I played since I've been nine was going to project me and, and put me in a place where, you know, uh, I have a nice life and my kids have a nice life. And, um, you know, I just played a sport that I love playing. Um, and this so happened that, um, for whatever odd reason, uh, it kept getting popular and it, it gave me uh, a decent, a decent life. Yeah. Yeah. So you get, I'm sure you had plenty of schools after you. What, what schools were, were trying to get you to come play football for them in college? Well, I knew I was going to play in the big 10. Right. I was from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, when I got the opportunity and, and Going to the next year. I mean, I my sophomore year, uh, my junior year, I wasn't even out of mention all state in football. Right. But I was all American. I was all American in track. <laughs> and then it kind of everything kind of clicked in my senior year. Um, uh, once I started getting recruited, uh, I knew I wanted to play in the Big Ten because I wanted to stay close to home. Right. And all, all my official visits were: I went to Purdue, I went to Wisconsin, I went to Michigan. Didn't go to Ohio State. Uh, went to Illinois, um, and then I went to Arizona State just right. to make just to do something different. Um, and went to you know chose Purdue and great great education, a lot of great friends. Um, they let me be me inside of uh, you know the Purdue system, uh, which was fun. Um, you know, kind of set our own trend. I, you know, I didn't want to go to a school where they they were already really good in football. Right. Uh, I kind of want to set, I, I kind of want to set our, our own and kind of be the, the, the leader of hopefully having a winning program. Never really happened at Purdue, but uh, the one thing that we did always enjoy is uh, each other's company and uh, all my guys at Purdue are all still real good friends of mine. Right. You, you had, you had a uh, one, one pretty good year where you, you your team became the first team in school history to defeat Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan the same year, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. We uh, that was that was the eighty-four team. Matter of fact, the, uh, the old, yeah. So the old uh, our first game of the year, our sophomore year, uh, we had the first uh, college game at the old Luke Oil Stadium. Okay, uh, where Indy used to play, and uh, we beat Notre Dame that year. Yeah. Um, to open up the season, so that, that was a good year for us. Then, other than that, um, <laughs> not so much. But <laughs> yeah, but it, we still had fun. We still had fun. Yeah, and then so here comes you're you're going to the NFL draft in uh, in '87. Now, what team did you did you think you were going to? I mean, did you have any inklings of who you might go to? No, in '87. Um, I really didn't, I didn't really talk to the Steelers. Um, you know, a lot of people thought I was going to go in the top five. Right. Um, it kind of, you know, a couple people, a couple teams drafted individuals and kind of made, kind of 
mucked up the board, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, Kelly Stolfer went off the board. And then uh, the linebacker from Duke, I can't remember his name, was top of my Duncan. head, but he came off the board. Duncan's, yeah. yeah. He came off the board and uh, kind of slid me down, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I knew I knew at 11, I knew the New Orleans Saints was going to draft me because they did call me and talk to me um, when I fell past five. Um, and then the Steelers, you know, at, at number 10, just they, uh, uh, I get a phone call from Chuck Noll asking that, you know, do, do I mind being a Steeler? I'm like, heck no. <laughs> you know, and, and really, really it was a blessing in disguise because I had a lot of great coaches in Pittsburgh and Chuck Noll and Tony Dungy and Rod Rust and John Fox and Dick DeBow, Don Capers and Bill Cowher, uh, yeah. all those really good coaches. So Marvin Lewis was there. Uh, also, so, um, you know, we, I had a lot of good coaches in my time frame of spending 10 years in Pittsburgh to, to grow my knowledge of the game, uh, along with the athletic ability. And that, that really helped me out a great deal. Yeah, what, what was your first impressions when you got to Pittsburgh? I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I, I thought Pittsburgh was going to be just a overcast, dirty city because all the steel mills kind of looked it up when they, when they, you know, you know, like I asking people, like, what is it? What, what's the city like? And, uh, you know, but it wasn't. You know, it was, I was pleasantly surprised when I drove through the tunnels, the Fort Pitt tunnels, uh, the first night I was there, uh, seeing all the rivers and, you know, got a history lesson my first day when the learning that the Ohio River starts in the middle of downtown of, of, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which I didn't know. Right. Uh, they didn't teach me that in, in, in my textbooks. Uh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> you know, so the Mahongahela. And uh, the Allegheny uh, run to get run opposite of each other, and they run to the point. Well, that's what Pittsburgh calls it, the Pittsburgh Point, right. and uh, that's where the Ohio River. They they merge and make the Ohio River start right. It starts right there. Okay. Yeah, we get a little history lesson. You, I didn't know that either. So you you taught me something today. Uh, what was it like playing for for Coach Noel? Uh, you know, you know, I got him in his last five years. Um, you know, I, I thought that he was he was very witty. Um, he was a person that would, you know, go through different. He, he loved to read literature, so he would take his different scriptures or, or, or passages or, or phrases in, inside of each of the books that he read, and kind of will put that to uh, make that a challenge for us to make us think. Uh, the one thing I really liked about him is that he always challenged us to be more than just uh, an athlete. Um, you know, I remember going into the facility. I didn't sign my rookie year until October 28th um, that year. Uh, so I only played about six games. But I remember going into the facility when I first got there, and probably a week later, Chuck comes up to me and says, you know, it's not about talent. Because everybody that gets drafted is talented. Uh, that's why we draft everybody. That's why there are drafts, because we really don't know you guys. Uh, but we draft people who are talented. Uh, but the people who, who change and make a difference, uh, the guys who are, who can be two to one mental to physical. Um, and that kind of stuck with me. Uh, at my, my rookie year really didn't affect me. I didn't really think about it. But my second and third year, that's when it kind of started dawning on me. Um, how to be more of a pro outside just being an athlete. Right. And uh, a guy named Rod Russ, who was one of our defense coordinators, yes, right after uh, right after uh, Tony Dungy left, 
he challenged me to be a better athlete. Kind of what Chuck did and Chuck told me my rookie year, well, two years later, Rod Ross, who's staying right there in our, our locker room, challenged me to be more than uh, just an athlete. And uh, he challenged me to come meet with him and, and to study with him. So I, I went to meet with him and study with him in his office. And um, he just taught me how to simplify offenses, how offenses try to attack the defensive uh, uh, systems, um, how they like to build formations differently with different personnel groupings but run the same plays over and over and over. And uh, once that green light clicked on, which it did, it took about four four to five weeks for the green light to click on, keep watching film with him every day after after uh, after off-season workouts. Uh, I went to seven straight Pro Bowls after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first one was a kick returner, but the second, next six was at uh, corner. Yeah, uh, you definitely the the green light definitely clicked on for you then. Uh, playing with with the legends like you did in, in your first few years in in the secondary, you played with Donnie Shell and Dwayne Woodruff. I, I know that had to help you a little bit too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, Donnie Shell was my he was my roommate, uh, so uh, you would think a, a thirteen year vet would get his own room. You know, <laughs> on the road games, uh, uh, but we did, uh, or they did. Uh, he shared, he shared the room with me, um, and he taught me a lot uh, about how being a how, how to be a pro on and off the field. Uh, Dwayne was a was a great uh, mentor, uh, just teaching me how to be a pro, uh, talking to me about. What to do? I mean, now he's a judge in Pittsburgh, so you know his his, his head was screwed on straight. And, you know, not just those guys who played, but I got to play with John Saltworth yeah. and Mike Webster. You know, Nunez uh, Green was the defensive line coach there, and then Mel Blunt would come around, Rocky would come around, Lambert would come around, Ham would come around, oh, Franco wow. would come around. I mean, so we seen all those guys in the building the first you know couple months and. I, you know, I know for me, at least, I was in awe of all of them. Yeah, um, I would be, too. <laughs> you know, and they, they've accomplished so much in the league. But um, it was a place where, you know, they're, they're walking libraries for how to act in, and to be um, as players in the National Football League. So, right. um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to those guys on a weekly basis and a yearly basis um, for 10 straight years. Uh, so I got to pick their brains to to kind of model some of myself after them. Yeah, that I can't imagine. You know, talking that's that's my that's no no offense, but my all time favorite Steeler is Jack Ham. Uh, I've I've loved him since I was a kid. Uh, that that guy was just one of the best outside linebackers in in the history of the NFL, no doubt. Um, Want to talk to you about the '89 season? Uh, the '89 season, you guys start off two. Two terrible games, lose fifty-one to nothing and forty-one to ten to Cleveland and Cincinnati. But probably, and I would say this, probably one of Chuck Knoll's best coaching jobs I've ever seen. He turns that around. You guys make the playoffs, and I can remember sitting at home watching the wild card game against the Houston Oilers. First of all, let's talk about that rival with the Oilers because you know Chuck Knoll. Of course, you had the famous meeting uh, Glanville at midfield, telling him, don't mess with my players. And it's kind of out of character for him. 
But what was that? What was that rivalry like with the with the Oilers back then? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it was a big rivalry. Um, you know, those guys are really good. Uh, when we first came in the league, you know, uh, I was back in the AFC Central time. Right. Uh, we weren't that good. I mean, we were yeah. young. We were talented. We were learning, uh, but we weren't that good. So we were still fighting our way through it. And I remember when we did play Houston, and uh, he had that meeting in the middle of the field, and he had the meeting in the middle of the field because their players would take our running backs, Abba Walker, uh, Walter Montgomery, um, uh, and uh, uh, and then Frank Pollard. I mean, they would ho- he, they would hold him up, and the, the rest of the defenders would come back and hit him in the back. Right. Um, and Chuck and Chuck was just heated, and you know that was the first time that I think as a collective unit we saw Chuck take up for us. Right. Like, hey, okay, he does really care about us. So um, that kind of that helped us a great deal. Um, you know, understand one thing that uh, yeah, Chuck is kind of laid back, and it might be at the end of his career, but he still showed some passion and some fight. And we thought, as a collective unit, uh, that we need to do the same thing. Yeah, but that wild card game, oh, I think it was like a New Year's Eve game against the Oilers, where the Oilers at home at the at the Astrodome, and you guys come in, and the young upstarts. You guys get the 26-23 overtime win. And, I mean, that game was back and forth. Bubby Bristol, quarterback, Merrill Hodge, Tim Worley, uh, and the defense. Did you did you start to see maybe a little sign of, of, of the defense start to come around in that in that last stretch of the season that year? Yeah, I think that, you know, Tony Dungy just left, and then we got Rod Rush to come in, and Rod Rush was running a different defense, but it kind of fit us a little bit better. Right. Because he he allowed us um, to kind of mold ourselves into and be ourselves inside of his system. Not saying Tony didn't, but, you know, three years removed or three years in the league, you know, we kind of grew uh, what we should and shouldn't do, what we can and can't do on the football field. Um, I think there's a turning point for us as a collective unit. Um, understanding that, you know, we can be good um, yeah. as long as we believe in each other, as long as we fight at the ball, as long as we take ownership, uh, you know, on the practice field, in the meeting rooms, that it's ours, and it's not just the coaches. Um, uh, I, I think that, that that game propelled us. You know, cause I remember when uh, White came around the corner, um, okay. you know, I came up and hit him, jarred the ball out, yeah. uh, recovered the ball, yeah, recovered the ball also, and uh, our, our offense moves to, down the field, you know, probably, you know, 10 to 15 yards. And, you know, uh, Gary Anderson uh, kicks the, the winning field goal. So uh, I think winning a game like that for a young group that we had uh, definitely gave us a lot of confidence moving forward, even though we lost the following week. But that was, but it gave us a lot of confidence was, in, uh, in what we do. That was a game that you guys were in and, and, and actually – were lose by one to the Broncos. Broncos go on to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, but you guys were in that game the whole game. And I, you know, through the lean years, getting to see that in '89, you know, I, you stick with them during the lean years. But getting to see that just made you like, yeah, dude, we're coming back around again. You had a couple of in the in the early '90s. You had a couple of decent years, not great years, but then. Then Chuck Noll decides to retire. What were your feelings when he retired? Well, we I, I think we knew it, especially the last year. You know, we had two more years. Uh, didn't play the way we wanted to like we did and finished up uh, an 89 year. 
Um, you know, and I know he's a winner. He has a lot of pride in who he is and how his team performs and what type of product he puts on the field. And, you know, we didn't we didn't put a good product on the field at the time. We put a decent product on the field, but not not to his level or not to his standard. Really, not to the Steelers' standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he retired, uh, you know, our question was like, hey, man, you know, who are they going to bring in? Is it, and whoever they bring in, I'm hoping they, you know, they let us be us. And, and uh, you know, bringing in Bill Cowher uh, was different, definitely different than, yeah. than Chuck, because Chuck was, you know, he talked about life. He talked about life after football. Um, maybe. Maybe he didn't when he was younger and as a younger coach, but I know where we called him that, um, he did for us, which was nice. Uh, and Bill came in, and Bill was all ball. I mean, he was all football. Yeah, but he put a good staff together. Dick the Bow, Dom Capers, and the defensive uh, staff. Right. Um, you know, Dick was one of the coolest coaches you probably ever could meet. <laughs> and, you know, running into that 3-4 and that, that good zone system and the philosophy behind it, you know, athletes can be athletes inside of that system. Um, and that's why I think we were so successful in it. Yeah, and you, and you definitely you you went to another level with that with that blitz system, and you were you were one of the few cornerbacks that you see in that time, especially in that time era. One of the few cornerbacks that wasn't afraid to come up and tackle. I mean, there was blitzes, and you, I mean, I can remember you hitting. Uh, I think it was Jim Kelly on a Monday night on a blitz and joining the ball loose. And I was, you know. And what what was it about you guys on Sunday on Monday night football, especially at Three Rivers? You guys played. If you played every game on Monday night at Three Rivers the way you guys played, you guys would never lose a game. It seemed like you always had Buffalo's number. Whoever you played against, you always had their number on Monday night at Three Rivers. Yeah, I mean, anytime you play in your own backyard, you play at home. You know, you don't, you don't want anybody to come in your house and take take what's yours. Um, you know, we we believe Three Rivers was ours. Uh, we wanted to represent Three Rivers. Uh, we were comfortable sleeping in our own beds the night before um, and coming out representing the Steel City. Um, so it was fun, you know, playing against Jim and, and, and whoever else we played against Monday night. Um, you know, we, we just knew that when we did come out, we had a lot of confidence in who we were. You know, we, we sat on the crowd. The crowd was loud. Um, they gave a lot of energy. And our coaches, you know, had always doubted really good game plans come Monday night. Yeah, that that had to be a great place to play at too, with Three Rivers. It was. I mean, the the, the atmosphere is outstanding. The field, not so much. Yeah, yeah, you found out about that too. <laughs> you know, that old asphalt turf, not so much. But uh, the the atmosphere itself, by the fan. Uh, uh, you know, forever. You know, the black and gold fans are extremely. Uh, passionate about their teams. Yeah. So what? How long did it take with Kyle getting there? How long did it take for you guys to buy into to what he was what he was saying? I mean, you know, new coach, young guy. He was younger than some of some of the guys on the team. But how long did it take you for you guys to buy into his system? You know, yeah, we're just trying to figure out who he was. You know, and, uh, <laughs> it didn't take us too long. I mean, one the, the first game is the Warriors. <laughs> Yeah, we won divisional championship. Yeah. You know, just the first five years he was there. So, you know, we, we understood that, um, you know, we wanted him to come in, uh, you know, to believe in us, have confidence in us, uh, let us be men on the field, let us take ownership of uh, the product that we put on the on the field in our meeting rooms and whatnot. And he did that. Um, he gave us a lot of respect. 
uh, and in return, um, I think we did put a good product in the field. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, and you get to play a young quarterback, and I think it was one of his first starts. What was it like? What did you guys think going into the Green Bay game against Brett Favre, this young guy that nobody's ever heard of before? Yeah, we never, you know, <laughs> didn't know him. Um, had no idea who he was. Uh, I do remember the first start. Uh, I didn't have a great game that game. Uh, matter of fact, I think I got beat for two touchdowns and muffed a punt on the on the like the five yard line. Um, you know, you just you, you never know. You know, it's like Kurt Warner. You know, Kurt Warner gets That's hurt, right. or Terry uh, Green gets hurt, and, and Kurt Warner comes in and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, you never know who the backups are until they get in. You never really know how a player is going to react and how he's going to grow unless he plays. And uh, uh, you know that showed that even in his first game that. He had the ability to make plays for his football team, and uh, and they beat us. Yeah, yeah, he did. I remember that game. Uh, Got to talk about your secondary partners about that. There was two of them that were pretty consistent with you throughout your your stay in Pittsburgh. Uh, Cornell Lake and Darren Perry. Uh, you, you know, Cornell Lake. Uh, that guy could move around. He could probably play linebacker, played safety, and when you got hurt, he moved to corner. What was it like playing with those two guys? It was fun. I mean, uh, you know, playing, you know, uh, Carnell Lake, nickname was Bone, and, uh, and Darren Perry, nickname was Papa, because um, he took, he always took care of us, so, right. you know, especially on the field, um, you know, you know, Carnell played outside linebacker at UCLA, right. you know, he, right. he had a single, single sack record at UCLA for the longest of time, um, then he, he comes to, you know, we draft him, and we're like, outside linebacker, we're going to make him into a safety, and you know, this guy came in and, you know, 6'2", 220, running a 4'3", 40. We're like, who is this guy? And, uh, you know, he just one of those guys that can play almost any position because he's so athletic and he was so fast and he was so dedicated. And then, you know, Papa, you know, coming from Penn State and understood the game and uh, he trusted us to do everything the right way. And, you know, anytime you can play multiple years together, you learn each other, uh, you trust each other, um, yeah, phone with each other on and off the field. And I know with our relationships, uh, I still talk to those guys today. Um, yeah, but we had fun on and off the field. Right, right. So th- that 94 season, did you feel like going into that year, this this was this was the year, this was the year you guys were going to do it? I mean, you had the talent there. Uh, you, you've been there for a while. Uh, you had some experience. Did you feel like 94 was going to be the year Pittsburgh got back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, we, you know, we, we had a lot of confidence in our, our defense. Um, you know, we were going to try to figure out, like, you know, who was, who, you know, what, what, what was our offense going to look like with Neil and, 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 and Barry and all those guys. And, um, you know, just unfortunately that you know, we get to the point in the, you know, AFC Championship game that, you know, we just don't play that well. Right. Um, you know, third and seventh inning. Um, you know, we give them a touchdown on third and 17, which is a shame. Um, you know, then we, we do march right back down the field, and, you know, one of their linebackers knocked the ball out of, uh, I don't remember exactly who uh, Neil threw to, but Barry, you know, Barry um, you know uh, that was kind of sad. That was disappointing. Um, we thought that we had a great opportunity to, if we got to the big dance, um, that we, we would have put a good show on. Yeah, uh, and, you know, there's been some debate, uh, you know, social media debate about if Pittsburgh had got to the Super Bowl, 
would they have been able to beat the 49ers? You know, and you know, you can go back and look at it. Hindsight's 2020. But with that defense going against, you know, San Francisco had an explosive offense. But with that defense playing, and I'm sure in the bit in a big game like that, you guys have been even more pumped up with that defense. I, I think you guys, if not, could have beat them. You would have given them a, a a good run for their money. But I, I I swear I think you could have beat them. Yeah, well, I know we played them earlier. I think that year. Yeah, you did. Um, and they beat us by I think ten or something like that. Uh, Thirteen, I can't remember exactly sure, but I know. And we want to play them again, I can just tell you that. I, I, we, we believe that we played them again, uh, we'll have a better game, um, and then, you know, and hopefully come out on, on the winning edge of that. But, um, you know, it, you, you, like to, you like to play against the best, and you know, unfortunately for us, you know, we didn't take care of business and uh, didn't get to play them in the Super Bowl. Right. Then you go to the 95 season, and there's a lot of hype for the Steelers. Uh, first game of the year, unfortunately, you you tear your tear your ACL in the season opener against uh, the Lions. Uh, had to be, I, I can't imagine the disappointment because this was this was a going to be a great year for Pittsburgh, and it was a great year for Pittsburgh. But you, I know you wanted to be part of that, and I know you were still part of that, but you wanted to be on the field with them. That that had to be really really hard for you. Well, it's a bittersweet, you know. I mean, the great thing is that. Um, you know, I played in Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, I had a coach like Bill Cowher who was open-minded to doing something new. And, um, you know, every time that, you know, in the previous years, uh, across the NFL, um, landscape is that when players got, uh, ACL injury, they don't want on IR right away. And, uh, I remember meeting with, uh, with Bill and the doctor. Our, our team doctor, and he, he was like, yeah, it, well, it's going to be about three to four months. And I started doing the calculation. I'm like, that's playoffs. That's a yep. Super Bowl. I can make a bet. And uh, fortunately enough that we did have a guy like Carnell Lake who moved up the corner. Uh, we had some other safeties that could take those spots. We didn't have any more injuries in the back end. Um, so, you know, Bill Carter left that green light on for me, and that, that light is in the tunnel. But uh, if I got back and I got healthy and we made the uh, postseason, I, I would get to play. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, um, we did. We got to the Super Bowl, and uh, I got an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, you were the first player, first player to, to come back from tearing his ACL in, in, in the same season, come back and play in that season. Uh, and I just remember that iconic play. And momentum was going so well for for us. I call it us. I'm for the Steelers at that time. And then you get in the game at guarding Michael Irvin and break up a pass. And I just remember you on the sidelines pointing to your knee, holding your knee up, pointing to your knee, and saying it's it's all good right in front of him. That was one of the iconic plays of that game for me. Um, but you know, you you lose that Super Bowl game, and then you have you have another year in Pittsburgh, and, and you have some injuries pop up then, and then you end up leaving Pittsburgh. Uh, what what was was it like bittersweet feelings when you left Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, I really didn't want to leave. Um, you know, right. they offered me a three year contract. Um, you know, I told them give me a five year. You know, it's not guaranteed anyway. Our contract in the National Football League is not guaranteed unless you, whatever you guarantee the money is. Um, I said, just give me five years, and it really helps your salary cap number. And if I, you know, because I wanted to move to safety, 
um, because that's what I really played my whole life. And then they moved me to the corner when I, once I got into the National Football League. Right. Uh, so I was talking. I was talking to to, to Bill and, and talking to Tom Donahue, who our GM was. And really, things just didn't work out. Um, you know, they called me on draft day in uh, in ninety in ninety seven and asked me if I wanted to uh, if I was going to take their deal or not. And I just felt kind of slighted uh, after spending ten years and you know sacrificing my body that right. they're going to make me make that decision in the thirty second window. <laughs> Um, so that was my, you know, once they asked me, you know, that question, uh, wanted to answer, uh, I hung up the phone kind of bitter, a little disappointed, really didn't talk to the Steelers or anybody in the front office for multiple years. Uh, and then I, I, I just realized, you know, they did what they thought was best for their organization. Obviously I did what I thought was best for me. Um, uh, but you know, now, I mean, it's, uh, the, men, the, the, the the wounds are, are mended, and, you know, I love those guys. I love the family, the Rooney family. I love the Steelers. You know, once you wear black and gold, I've, and I've worn black and gold my whole life, you know. High school, my, my uh, Fort Wayne Snyder Panthers, we were black and gold. Uh, I go to Purdue, uh, we're black and gold. Yeah. And then I come to the Steelers, <laughs> uh, we're black and gold. So, you know, I've been in black and gold more than uh, and I've been, you know, been around. Right. Then you go to the 49ers for for a short time, and you get to the Ravens, and you play on one of the iconic defenses in NFL history with Ray Lewis and them. You get a Super Bowl win there. And I have to say, you know, I'm a diehard Steelers fan, but the only reason I wanted the Ravens to win that Super Bowl was because of you. To get to get you to get you a Super Bowl ring, uh, that had to be a great thrill to be able to to, to be able to play in that Super Bowl and get that win, though. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I I uh, I went there because of Marvin Lewis. Right. Uh, Marvin called Marvin called me. I mean, I I really enjoyed. First of all, let me say I really enjoyed my time in, in San Fran. Uh, that was the year that Jerry got hurt. Uh, uh, you know, Steve Young got a concussion the first game, and uh, Jerry came back a little bit too early, I believe. Right. Um, but he got hurt. He got hurt at the end of the year again. Um, you know, we lost to Green Bay Packers in the championship game. Um, and they went on to uh, play the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, once the season was over, uh, I just knew I had to get closer to home because my wife didn't – she didn't come out to San Francisco with me. Uh, she was pregnant with our our, our, uh, our fourth kid. And, you know, uh, Marvin called me and told me to come over. So I went over to Baltimore, got to play – Really, not just to play, but I got to de- help develop a bunch of young, great athletes yeah, in you Baltimore. Did. You know, because Ray was Ray was in his third year, and Peter Bowler was young, and Jamie Sharper, and Dwayne Starks, and Chris McAllister, Kim Herring, all those guys are younger players. And uh, it, but it was fun. It was fun to give back what was given to me when I was younger right. in Pittsburgh, and remember what Donnie did for me and. John Stallworth and, you know, me, Joe Green, and Jack, I mean, uh, and Chuck, and uh, all those guys being there, what they gave to me, and giving that back to the guys in Baltimore, it was fun. Um, it was kind of fun to see us develop into a, you know, not that good team like we were in Pittsburgh when I first got there. Yeah. Um, and then the following year to a 500 team, and then to the following year after that to a Super Bowl victory. 
Uh, one of the best defense probably to ever play. Yeah, you're right. What was it like the first time you went back to Pittsburgh as a Raven? It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. I've never been to visit a locker room before. Um, uh, you know, they booed me, which I, you know, I expect that. They should boo me. I, I wasn't wearing black and gold anymore. Um, but it was fun, you know, uh, when you, especially when you play your own team, your yeah. teammates. You know, you want to win. You, you want to kind of, you know, um, play your best football. Uh, I'm pretty sure I think we won that game, the first game I won back. I think um, you did. You know, so it, it was it was fun. Um, you know, I, I remember walking to the uh, off the field in the pre-warm or pre-game. Uh, I went to the wrong side, sideline. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking I was, just, you know, kind of the old, the old rock kind of clicked in. Yeah. And I went to, I was going to the Steelers uh, uh, entryway. I was like, oh, I don't play for the Steelers anymore. I got to go to the Baltimore <laughs> one. So, uh, that was it. fun. Yeah. So the, you leave the Ravens and you, you go to another organization, you go to the Raiders. And have some, you have some success. Of course, you hook back up with Jerry Rice. You guys make it to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, you don't win that Super Bowl. But what was your time like with the Raiders? Well, the Raiders were fun. I mean, I spent ten years with uh, you know the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, but I was a Raider when I was nine years old. I played for the Powell Raiders. Right. You know, you know how you are when you're a kid. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. If your little league team was, you know, you know the, the Indianapolis Colts or the Colts then you kind of become a Colt fan. Right. And, uh, you know, my team was a Raider. Uh, they were good when I grew up. Yep. Um, you know, and, and the way they played their style of play and, you know, Al Davis wearing his all-white leather, patent leather shoes, <laughs> just looking sweet on the sideline. That stuff kind of just it kind of clicked into me when I was a kid. And so, you know, getting the playful with not just for him, but putting on the silver and blacks and darning that. Uh, it was kind of like a bucket list, you know. You know, everybody should have a bucket list of things to do in their lives. Um, for me, playing for the Oakland Raiders was one of those bucket lists that came through. Um, you know, I still got quite a few more things to do I want to do in my life uh, that I haven't got on my bucket list, but uh, at least I got that one so far. That's right. That's right. And then, of course, you you, you retire. But what was it like getting that call saying you had made the NFL Hall of Fame? Well, that was different because I was working for the NFL Network at the time. Right. Um, and, you know, so I'm sitting there uh, working, getting ready to walk back across the, because uh, it was in Tampa, the Super Bowl was in Tampa that year. So I was walking back to the across the bridge to go to work. And uh, uh, they couldn't reach me um, <laughs> at the time for some reason. And uh, once I got over to the building, they told me in the building. Because they didn't come around and knock on the doors until a couple years later. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was a bittersweet. You know, they said it, and I was, uh, and, they, and the, NFL, the NFL network knew I made it. So they had my whole family uh, in Pittsburgh, all in uh, my jerseys. And <laughs> all my all, whole neighborhood was in our house. And uh, we went on live uh, on the network, and they told me, and uh, my wife pops up with all the kids and the family, and uh, that was a really good feeling um, to, to be able to share that with my wife. Oh, who, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, uh, and my children who uh, put up with 
grumpy old dad for so many years. <laughs> so, what what are you doing now? Now I work. I work for Westwood One, right? Which I uh, the uh, do the national radio broadcast for Sirius and other stations, whatever station that's partners with Sirius uh, for their either Thursday night, Sunday night, or Monday night games. And then um, I do, I work for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, okay. We do academies around the U.S. Um, and then we do academies internationally for football. And, um, you know, we're trying to find that next hidden talent. Right, right. Around the world. Um, you know, I know in basketball there's almost almost any country you can think about plays uh, in NBA basketball. Um, and I think that could be the case for the NFL market. Um, we just got to go out and find it. So, um, you know, we just started doing international academies um, two years ago. Right. And, uh, you know, so trying to go out and find different players in, you know, Mexico and other Latin American countries and UK and Africa and China, um, it's going to be fun to do. Yeah, sounds like a fun. So I've got I've got a couple of quick-hitting questions, and then I'll, I won't take up any more of your time. Toughest opponent you went up against? I'm, I'm talking about individually. Somebody you 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 hated to guard when you went up against them. Yeah, well, I think it's twofold. I, I have to give you two. So one would be uh, Webster Slaughter. Oh yeah, he the Cleveland Browns back in the day. Webster was quick and and uh, you know can create separation from DB. So and he was a trash talker on top of that. So <laughs> I, I didn't like that. Um, but then. Um, uh, Andre Reed. Andre Reed yeah. was he was just as big as I was. Uh, he played in the slot for that K gun uh, when Buffalo was uh, balling like that and going to four straight Super Bowls. They're trying to get Tim. Um, you know, he was one of those fast, quick guys that can make plays. Uh, but you couldn't man. I couldn't manhandle manhandle him like I would do some of the smaller guys. Right. Uh, when I got my hands on him, so uh, playing against him was a challenge. I know I have to beat to my A game. Uh, every time I played against them. Okay. Favorite place to play? Favorite field you played on? I think the old dog pound, the old Cleveland right. Stadium. That was uh, that was iconic. Um, I mean, it was muddy, nasty, dirty. Uh, you know, late in the year, it wouldn't be that much grass. It'd be mostly mud. Uh, after the games, the you know, if you weren't the first, 15 guys get in the shower, the shower, the water would back up into the, uh, on the drain, so the, the, the water would, uh, uh, you know, fill up into the, uh, in the shower, and then there'd just be mud water along with cold water coming oh, out of the So, uh, but that stuff was fun, you know, so when you went to places like that, you wanted to win. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, and I know this is going to be a tough one for you. Best game you ever you played in? One of those games you said, if I could go back and play that over again, I would do it again. Uh, you had your best memories in a game. Probably, we played the New Orleans Saints. I can't remember what year it was. We 93? You intercepted Wade Wilson? Yep, I, had him, I, I intercepted him on the sideline. I got a pick six on the right sideline. I intercepted him on the left sideline. I think he threw my way... You know, seven or so times they caught no balls, had the two interceptions, one pick six. It was kind of like living 
it's kind of like when everything slowed down and everything kind of slowed down for me um, in that game where everything was kind of easy. Yeah, you're, you you can believe me or not, but I actually last week watched that game. I still have that game. I watched that game. That's a that was one of those games, like you said, where you you looked like everybody else was in slow motion, and uh, that sixty it was a sixty three yard interception return for a touchdown, and that got things started. You guys end up blowing them away, thirty seven to fourteen, and that was a good New Orleans Saints team that year too. But uh, you guys took care of business that day. Yeah, it's just, you know, one of those, for me, it's one of those moments that, uh, you know, when people ask me about those, you know, what type of game or what's the best game, that, that one always comes to mind. That's that one in the Monday night game against Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, yeah. That, and that that's what I'm saying. Those Monday night games you guys played, you guys just seem to hit a little harder. Um, and I'm trying to think of the guy's name that he hit, I think he hit Don Beebe one night. It was Jones. What was his last, what was his oh. Yeah, um, Gary Jones. Uh, Jones Gary Jones, number twenty-five. Yes, and I thought he had. I honestly thought he had killed Don Beebe that night. I was he had hit him so hard, but you guys just seemed to right. hit a little bit harder on Monday nights. Yeah, he he, he was from Texas A&M. Bickle, he's Bickle safety. Yeah, big. Uh, he was really big. He big and run, uh, physical guy. Yeah, he caught Don on the sideline, and uh, I don't think Don felt too good for a couple of weeks. I don't think so either. I wouldn't imagine I would have either. Well, Mr. Woodson, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to do this. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor, and, and it's been a great thrill for me to be able to talk to you. It was my pleasure. I hope I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. I'd love to, love to have you back on again, too. And maybe we can talk about... Uh, first of all, hold on here. Before I let you go, one more thing and I'll let you go. What's your thoughts on the Steelers right now? Well, uh, I mean, they're one and four, and they're, you know, trying to find a way to, to get a victory uh, with their third quarterback. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I don't even know if, you know, if Rudolph's going to be even active this week. And if he's not active, they got to bring another quarterback in and get him yeah. up to par. Uh, the way it's working out, you know, I'm pretty sure they wish they had Dobbs um, right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but you know, I, I think offensively, um, they're, they're missing that number two receiver. Uh, the tight ends haven't really played that well. They're missing a solid, solid run game. Uh, defensively, statistically, they haven't played that bad. Um, getting Micah, Micah is has been a game changer. Uh, he's not yes. here to put his foot in the ground. He's going to make plays for him. Um, and that's what they've been missing for quite a long time. So uh, I, I think over the course of time, hopefully, you know, defense will keep gelling. They got some good young players there. Uh, they got a solid D line. O line a little older. I think they'll probably start replacing some guys. Um, but I, I think this year, you know, they just got to find a way to get a, a win on the road. If they get a win on the road, you know, they're two and four. A lot of football left with 10 weeks left. So a lot of crazy things happen before in the history of the game. So you just never know. So you try to win one game at a time. And, with, you know, I know what Mike always says. Mike Tomlin always says, you know, let's be singly focused with the eyes of the big picture. Um, right now, you know, they got to find a way to beat the Chargers uh, in L.A. Yeah, they, and the injury bug has really bit them. You know, of course, with Big Ben out for the year now, you know, Jalen Samuels out for a month. James Washington is going to miss some time. Uh, so, yeah, they're yeah. they're really struggling with injuries right now. But uh, I, I do like the way the defense is going. Uh, the young guys that are, are starting to gel together, like you said, 
but I do like the direction they're going. If we could just get the offense, uh, you know, get the offense going a little bit, maybe they can pick up a win against the Chargers this weekend. You never know. Hopefully they do. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Woodson. And uh, like I said, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you doing the show with me. Oh, my pleasure. All right. All right, Enjoy guys. It. That was Rod Woodson on the final score. Thank you, sir.